What is up, everybody? We are back with another podcast today. Free agency just started um, less than 24 hours ago, about 20 hours ago. And the Timberwolves, they, they made a nice signing, and they extended Carlton Towns, too. They extended Cat on a four-year, $224 million contract. They also signed Kyle Anderson from the Grizzlies to a two-year, $19 million contract with our full MLE deal. Um, we'd use the full Emily actually we used about 90% of it though um, Somebody breaking down both those both those moves in this podcast. And let's get right into it So we got a new guy in town and Kyle Anderson. Let's break his deal down first first Let's talk about Kyle Anderson a little bit um, He is from the Grizzlies. Obviously we saw him in that that six game series first round loss to the Grizzlies um, he was a you know, key rotational piece for them in that series. He's currently 28 years old. He's a 6'9 power forward with a 7'3 wingspan. He's got a really big wingspan, six inches taller than what he is. Um, and just right away, all the, I, I really, I, my first like opinion was like, sweet, I really do like this signing. Um, he brings a lot of defense to this team. He can be a versatile defender as well. Dane Moore, Timberwolves beat reporter. I'm going to bring up the stat quick here. But he, he showed up, uh, he showed off his defensive effective plus minus percentile throughout his career. And he's been in the very top echelon of just being a really good defender. He was in the 76th percentile for box plus minus on the defensive end last year. And the year before that, he was in the 91st, 83rd before that, 91st, 96, 96, 86, and then 52nd his rookie year. So he's always been in the really top quadrant of being a good defender in the NBA. And when I heard reactions around the league from like NBA insiders and stuff, everybody really likes this deal from Minnesota, and I like it too. He's an underrated passer. He's not going to be somebody who's a very high usage player on offense. Um, I'll get into more of his offense soon, but the defensive end is super intriguing. Um, he's a He's got a high IQ. He's, he's a winning basketball player is what I've seen from a lot of people. And I kind of wanted to read off, because um, this is from The Athletic, Hollinger. He's one of the main NBA writers on The Athletic. And he was he did this segment of thumbs up or thumbs down for a bunch of freighted signings. He gave a thumbs up to the Kyle Anderson signing. And this, this is what he said. Hats off to Minnesota for what was hands down the best deal of the first day. Right off the bat, you're seeing Hollinger right there. He's calling the Kyle Anderson deal to Minnesota the best deal the first day and you had like you know Jalen Brunson go to the Knicks for over a hundred million dollars he thinks this Kyle Anderson deal is even better than that value wise I mean obviously Brunson's a better player but value wise he just he, he's loving this deal for Minnesota he also said Anderson's board money value is more than double the annual value of his of this contract and there's a good reason for that so basically what he's saying is that he his his I don't know how what how they do these the, these stats, but based off this like board money sign stat, um, he's worth more like eighteen million dollars a year, which I don't know. I would have to look into those stats, but we got him at nine million. He thinks that's an absolute bargain. By the way, Kyle Anderson his his nickname is Slow Mo, um, mainly because he plays like a slower mechanical game. But he has this super slow shot release, and you guys will all see that when he first starts here. He doesn't really take too many threes. I think just over 1.3 shots from deep a game. Um, but it's a super slow mechanical release from him. 
It looks, it does look pretty weird, but it sometimes works. So we'll move on from that. He's not really the, you know, the best shooter, but I was also listening to the Dane Moore podcast. Um, and he had a Grizzlies beat writer on. So obviously, you know, these guys are going to know a lot because, you know, his name's Chris Harrington. So he's been, I don't know how long he's been a Grizzlies beat writer before, but he's, he is pretty sad that the Grizzlies lost him. He was talking a lot about Kyle's ability to legitimately be a point guard. And he said he, he thinks if you ask Kyle Anderson what position he plays on the offensive end, he would probably say backup point guard um, because he is a super talented passer, according to Harrington. Um, much more talented than what Vanderbilt was, even though Vanderbilt wasn't like a horrible passer, I guess you could say. Um, he's not going to be a very high usage offensive piece. Doesn't shoot the ball too much. He shot 1.33s per game and shot at a 33% clip. He's really, really good in that floater range. Little, he's I think he's a 50% mid-range shooter. Um, so he can, he can really hit shots inside there. But it just a, a big thing of what he does just in defensive end. He's a good switching big, versatile defender. He's played I think I think throughout most of his career he was more of a small forward. I could take a peek at his year-by-year positions quick um but i do believe yeah like yeah so he's been in the nba for eight seasons and only two of those years he's been a power forward and those are the last two seasons with the grizzlies by the way if people want to know his stats i'll give off his stats really quick here so last year for the grizzlies he appeared in 69 games played 21 minutes per game 7.6 points per game 5.3 rebounds per game 2.7 2.7 assists per game, 1.1 steals per game, shot 33% from three, 44% from the field. Um, and this is this is a year for him where he didn't have as high of a usage or a big as a big of a role as he usually had in the past. Like you can go back to 2021, the the year before last year, and you can see that he was getting almost 30 minutes a game, and he was scoring 12 a game with five boards and over three assists a game on a bigger role. So if we win, because I think it's very likely we give him more than 21 minutes per game. I could see him playing around the, the 25 minute mark, sometimes over 30 when he's starting, because there's going to be a fraction of games where he's probably the starter. Um, and also injuries, you know, they happen and stuff. So we'll see. And I mean, looking through his games, play in his career, doesn't really look like he has any like injury concerns to look at. Um, <clears throat> this past year, he missed... Um, 13 games the year before he only missed three games because he played 69 games that year but it was the shortened season so it was only it was 10 games shorter the year before that he played 67 he, he played 43 the year before that um which was one of the more injured infected you know seasons but i mean 74 games played 72 78 like he has definitely been a pretty available player throughout his career, so I don't think we'll see too many injury problems with him. And this is a full-on contract. I haven't heard anything about the second year being non-guaranteed or anything. Like the one, like, you know, Tarin Prince's second year is not guaranteed. So he'll be here for, you know, two more years unless, you know, we traded him, which would be hard to anticipate something like that, like Rafter, you sign him. But I think he's going to be here for two more years, and I, I'm, I think this is a pretty sweet signing overall. Um I think the big question right now for me, and that I've been thinking about a lot, is who is the starter at power forward with this current roster? Like, I do anticipate a roster change at some point. Like, I think if you look at the roster we have right now, 
I think something's going to be different because we do have a full roster now. We have 15 guys, and we cannot sign somebody to our $4.1 million biannual contract unless we made a trade. And yeah, I don't. I, I I'm I'm super against like forcing a trade just to sign someone to the biannual. But if we do come upon a trade where whether it's you know D'Lo, Beasley, Nas, you know if it's a good trade, make that trade, then you can get somebody in the biannual contract too. Um, but who's gonna start with this current roster? I don't really know. It's either have Jane McDaniel's at the starting power forward spot. Jared Vanderbilt could run it back. Oh, I I, I like some of my throat there. But yeah, Jared Vanderbilt was the starter for the majority of the year last year. Um, he started in 67 games for us. Jaden did not start much. I don't remember. Let me check. Jaden started 31 games, and Kyle Anderson started 11 games for a better Grizzlies team. Um, I, I really don't know. I think you can make arguments for all of these guys. Jaden is the best overall player in that bunch, but he is probably the worst rebounding option in that bunch. And it's like, how much do you factor that? Because I think you definitely need a better rebounding power forward next to Cat. But, you know, obviously Vanderbilt, he's the best rebounding option in that group. But he is, you know, he's been a liability on the offensive end compared to those other two guys. He's definitely the worst offensive player in that bunch, but he's the best rebounder. So I guess that's kind of a case for him. And then Kyle Anderson, also very talented um, defender. But he can he can rebound the ball. It's, he can rebound better than Jaden. But he can't, you know, he's not as dynamic offensively as Jaden, and he's not as talented of a rebounder as Vanderbilt, and probably not as good of a defender as Vanderbilt is. Um, by the way, Vanderbilt, I think he was number 11 on NBA.com's, like, top 100 defenders in the league list, which is pretty awesome. So really close to that all-NBA defensive level. Um, but, yeah, I think I think that's be a legitimate thing that we have to figure out during training camp. Personally, I think Jaden McDaniels is more of a small forward. Um, just because he's a lighter player and he's not really, you know, a known rebounder. So I think it would make more sense to put him at a, a small forward spot just with his body type. Um, but it's like, what? How? I don't think you can put him at a small forward in the starting role at least because, you know, with this current roster, I don't think you bench Beverly. And if you do bench Beverly, that would make it easier because, you know, then it would be D'Lo, Edwards, Jaden, and, you know, Vanderbilt, Anderson, whoever you want that power forward spot, and then Cat. Um but we'll see what happens. I don't know if Beverly really wants to accept the bench role. And it's like, at the same time, I don't know if I want to put Beverly on the bench. He's one of the better perimeter, you know, defending guards in the league. And I don't really want to limit his role or anything like that. So I, I think there's a lot of things that could happen to the Timberwolves lineup from now to the start of the season. And training camp is definitely going to be a big factor, in my opinion, in just what happens overall, you know, what, what do guys show up looking like? Mainly Jaden McDaniels. Does Jaden, you know, add enough weight this offseason? And does he commit enough to being more of a talented rebounder? You know, if he does, then I think he gets the starting role. And, you know, if he can come, if he, if from, you know, the last game of the playoffs till the first game of this next season, if he can had, have like another 10 pounds on him and a more committed ability to rebound, I think he should be the starter. Um, but that's definitely it. It's a high asking price. I mean, he added 10 pounds already last offseason. I think he can definitely do it again. He's got a lot of, you know, he's got a lot to work with there. So, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. But overall, I'm a big fan of this Kyle Anderson signing. And I think he can play small forward with us too. You know, don't just limit him to power forward, I guess. You can run him at small forward. Um, we could run some really big lineups with, like, D'Lo, Ant, Anderson, Vanderbilt, and Cat. 
Um, you know, Cat's a very talented shooter, but Anderson and um, Vanderbilt are obviously not, so that lineup would have some shooting limitations. Um, by the way, Anderson, he's not a very talented three-point shooter or free-throw shooter, so that's kind of where he lacks. Um, so that's something to watch out for, but he won't be asked to do that much in that role, especially if he's playing next to Carl Anthony Towns. You know, I, he's, he's, he's definitely a more capable shooter than Jared Vanderbilt, so he'll actually still be an upgrade as a shooter because... You know, he takes over a three a game compared to Vanderbilt, who took, um, how many threes did he take a game? 0.2. So, like, six times the amount of threes. Yeah, he takes, like, six times the amount of threes is what Vanderbilt took. Um, but, yeah, overall, really like this signing. Super solid job by the Wolves. Um, obviously, you know, it would have been cool to get, like, a JaVale McGee, but I don't think the Wolves were ready to commit to JaVale McGee to, like, a three-year deal. Um, as he is older and just doesn't make too much sense to do that um, so yeah I'm fine that we didn't get JaVale McGee in that three year 20 million dollar contract he's kind of been my guy throughout the off season but I mean that's not even that high of an asking price six and a half million but I don't know if he deserves the three year MLE with the team I would rather give a two year to Kyle Anderson a younger player um, and maybe add a more positional need with that forward spot because we do have Walker Kessler now for the future and we want to develop him. So maybe JaVale McGee would have kind of got in the way there. Um, but yeah, let's hop on to talk about Cat next. So Carl Anthony Towns, just like, you know, a bunch of other players this offseason, landed a $200 million contract. Um, I think he's like one of seven players who just got that big time contract. It's about $56 million a year. I don't know how it's spread out. Maybe the first year's like $52 million and then it increases throughout the contract. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously a ton of money, but this is the new normal in the NBA. Um, players who make All-NBA are going to be eligible for these massive contracts. And like I've been saying before, the cap percent that he takes of the, the team total, I think this next upcoming season is 27% which is over a fourth of the cap. If you fast forward to the second year of this new contract, which will be in like, 20, like 2026, it will have the same cap impact. And that's why I'm not worried at all about this being a lot of money because yeah, it's a ton of money. Like you can argue that he's not worth it, but you could also argue that he is worth it because who else, who, I mean, who else are we going to get? Because, you know, just, we can't get anybody else with that. Um, so yeah, we got Cat locked up for six years now. It's pretty sweet. Um, Ant's going to pass him up as the number one option soon at some point. We were hoping for the big year three from Ant. I think the playoffs, when he was averaging 25 a game against Memphis, were a big teller that he's ready for that number one role very soon. Um, I think him and Cat are going to be like co-number ones this, this upcoming season. And then in year four, Ant, I think he'll become the best player on the team. Um, not diss to Cat at all. That's just how special of a player Ant's going to be. And I think Carlton Towns is a really, really good second option on a championship team, um, especially assuming he continues to progress as a player. You know, he's an all-NBA talent. And, yeah, I'm a big fan that we got him to this. Um, I, a lot of people are wondering, like, why is it taking so long? Because, like, right away, the second free agency started, um, Devin Booker agreed to his big extension with the Suns. Um, Jokic agreed to his five-year extension with the Nuggets. I feel like 
you know, where's Cats at? Because we got news multiple days before I reported on my Instagram that the Timberwolves, you know, priority right away in free agency starts is to get Cat in that big extension, which it was it was projected to be lower than what it came out to be. Um, the expected deal is four years, 211. I don't know if, you know, Cat's team negotiated for a little bit more, but um, part of that was also because the salary cap is actually higher than the NBA expected to be for this next upcoming season. I think they were expecting like $122 million, but it went up to $123.5 million. Um, so that was a little part of it. And then, you know, that obviously pushes, you know, stuff to the future. Um, I, I, I'm starting to like think the NBA cannot keep doing this with the salary cap. They can't continue to bring it up because they have the massive, I mean, they will in, in 2025 when that $75 billion TV deals passed, it's going to go up to like 170 million, which is like 50 million more than it is right now. When that happens, obviously, like I'm saying before, that this CAC contract's not going to look as as big as it is right now. Like 56 million, I mean, yeah, 56 million is the new 33 million, is what I should say. That's That's kind of what I feel like makes the most sense. Not right now, but in a few years, $56 million is going to feel like 35 range million. So, yeah, that's why I'm not like tripping about all these big contracts um, because this is just the new NBA. Yeah, I feel like most Timberwolves fans are feeling pretty positive about this contract overall, which is good. Um, there's some fans that are like, oh, we should have just traded him. And I think that's really wrong. Like, there's just nobody you can get. Like, you say, oh, Kevin Durant's on the market, but Timberwolves are not on Kevin Durant's wish list. We know that, and that just wouldn't happen. Um, but you can say, oh, we can go good DeAndre Ayton. Okay, yeah, let's, let's go. Because most people's reasons to why they want to trade Kaz, he, just, he didn't show up in the playoffs as much as we thought he would. You can apply the same thing to DeAndre Ayton, who is a worse player and who quit on his team in a Game 7. Like, you're not improving at all. If you trade Carlton Towns, this team is not a playoff team, and the, it, its timeline is pushed back, unfortunately. So that's why you have to keep Carlton Towns, and you have to get him this extension this offseason because if you wait, the money's going to continue to go up. If you wait one more season, I think next year he could have got like four years, 240. So you have to wait on these things because I'm, you know, Cat's, Cat's going to continue to make all NBA teams. Um, I anticipate he makes multiple more all nba teams throughout his career and probably you know around the four to five more range um you know we'll see what happens there but he's gonna be a really good basketball player for a long time he's still only 26 years old he's under contract for six more seasons taking him through his 32 age season which is still like you know 32 in the nba you're starting to get a little more over the hill but you're still not extremely old at that point, so he's still probably going to get in our contract at that point. Um, but yeah, I think that finally the trade rumors, or the made-up trade rumors, I should say, could can finally end because there's always all these people are like, oh, the Timberwolves should trade. I mean, Carly Townsend requested trade because, you know, obviously he's gone through a lot. And, and if, if, if Cat would have requested a trade in 2019, I think we all would have understood because we just consistently could not build around him. But we finally figured that out, you know, with Gerson Rosas. Um, and he drafting Anthony Edwards was probably the biggest part of all that. And, you know, trading for DeAndre Russell, too, to keep him happy. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy with the direction this team is going in. We still, 
probably have moves to make. Um, there's been developing rumors that we're interested in guys like DeAndre Ayton and Rudy Gobert. Obviously, you wouldn't be trading Cat in those deals. I was just talking about DeAndre Ayton a few minutes ago. Um, but I, we, we've been interested in them. In those deals, you would trade DeAndre Russell, some other young guys, and picks. Um, not really for the Aiden part. I think it wouldn't be that much. But for Rudy Gobert, you for sure would do that. You know, Connolly's really talked a lot about they really think Carlton Towns can run that you know power forward spot and they can get a true center next to him. And I think that could be a good idea. Um, would be interested because I mean, my buddy James, he was on the podcast yesterday. He didn't talk about this then, but he thinks... You know, if Cat could play in a Dirk Nowitzki role, that would be best for him. And that kind of makes sense. Um, he might need to slim down a little bit for that and might need to add a little bit of speed, you know, you know, just perimeter quickness, even though he's one of the fastest bigs in the league. I mean, I think he's the only guy in the league at his size that can run through transition at his weight. Like he can at 240 pounds. Maybe Giannis could do it too. Um, but just handling the ball and, I mean, more so with Cat, the ability to pull up to three compared to Giannis. Giannis doesn't really have a pull-up three in his game. Um, and, he, you know, he can try it sometimes, but it's not nearly as efficient as what Cat has. Um, but, yeah, I really like the direction this team's going. I'm going to be talking about a lot this offseason. You know, what are the lineups going to look like? We're going to get more of a clear direction after preseason, obviously. But we'll see what happens. This team go a lot of directions. We'll see if DeAndre Russell, Malik Beasley, Nas Reed's dealt. You know, we have all of our future first-round picks still available for trades. Um, I think we could definitely be a team that makes a big splash trade for one of those guys. Um, and I heard a report that the Timberwolves made an offer for Kevin Durant. I don't think the Nets really looked at it too much because I think they're definitely honoring Durant's decision to where he wants to go, which, I mean, if I was the Nets, I'd just try to take the best offer. Um, but I do understand that the Timberwolves may not have the best offer because the Nets, they don't have their own draft pick until 2028. So they need like an all-star back in return so they don't go to a rebuild. Um, I don't know if D'Lo is really going to be that guy for them. Maybe in a three-team trade he could be. Um, that kind of wraps up this podcast. Free agency has just started. We could be making a lot more moves. But hey, if the Timberwolves you know, just randomly ended up with this roster to start the season... I think it's definitely a better roster. You know, there's only, you know, a few new faces with Walker Kessler, Wendell Moore, and Kyle Anderson, but this is a better team for sure than last year. Much improved, older team, um, and I'm excited. But thank you guys for listening. Hopefully we can get in our podcast going within a few days. Might have to record one on vacation. We'll see. But once, you know, whenever we make our next move, I'll be recording our podcast, even if it's tonight. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. See you guys next time. Peace.